What up, party people? It's your boy Tommy G here with episode 54 of the No Mercy podcast. Today I was joined by the Vanilla Gorilla at Jeff underscore Mans. We talked about every single transaction that had been made in the NFL, all the breaking news, even talked about the breaking news with Tyreek Hill that broke while we were on air. Lev Bell, the Jets, the Giants, the Raiders, the Browns, talked about some season win totals, talked a little personal stuff, talked about how to identify sleepers in March Madness, played a little game called Would You Rather, where we decided two different things. Would you rather do this or that? Uh, Some of them were funny as hell. Some of them were fucking weird. Uh, And then we discovered a new theme song for the podcast, which will either annoy the ever-living shit out of you. Actually, it will annoy the ever-living shit out of you. I promise you that. But you will love it, and you will listen to it when you're off the air. I promise you that. You've already heard it, but we're going to make you obsessed with this song. And you're going to have to listen to find out. Get over to GuruElite.com. We have a promo going for MLB DFS. If you guys want to get in the MLB DFS action with all the big stars over here at Guru Elite, we're offering a free T-shirt for anyone who signs up. Our new T-shirts that are out, you can check the Twitter account, at Guru Elite DFS. Uh, and 10% off the football package this coming season. We always do a little early bird promo for you guys. So here it is. So get on it now before the season starts and the promo is gone. So without further ado... Hit it, Miyagi. Mercy is for the weak. We do not train to be merciful here. A man face you, he is enemy. Enemy deserve no mercy. What up? Let's get weird. It's your boy Tommy G here with episode 54, I think. I don't know, but uh, some episode with Jeff Manns, and that's really all that matters. What up, Jeff? What's up? At 54, see, I, I was just – I came into the show saying I'm going to give you such hell for – I haven't been on the show in what uh, probably a month, and I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, you've only do, done two episodes without me, so yeah. I guess it hasn't moved on quite as fast as I thought, but good to be well, here. Well, we lost one. We lost one episode uh, two weeks ago. I heard about that. That was that fun. Was isn't that fun though? It was a two-hour episode. Oh, dude, it's the, it's the absolute worst. It's the absolute worst when some technology screws up or something didn't get recorded and muffled. Speaking of which, I got to make sure I got to double check your work here. Okay, yeah, we're good. Make are we sure live? Are we recording on everything? Yeah, Everything's I think good. so. We're good. We're good. I see this. I see that. All right. And I just realized uh-huh. Mercury's been in retrograde for about fifteen days. So uh, that would explain all the technological fuck-ups and uh, a lot of the referees who just <laughs> seem to hate my fucking guts right now. I'm saying, Jeff, I have Nebraska plus eight. There's 4.8 seconds left, uh-huh. and they're down five. I would. What do you think the odds of me losing this are? I, I'd say it's, uh, yeah, it's your plus 500 to win. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. they hit a three. All right. So we won We won one. Good. Had a crushing, crushing loss today, Jeff. The LSU game. Did you get a chance to watch any I of that? Know. Come on, on man. I've been watching this nonsense. No, no. Yeah, you can't. That was uh, – so there was a uh, – for oh, anyone Florida out there beating LSU. I did hear about that. I didn't no, see No, Florida game. didn't beat LSU. LSU lost to Florida. Okay. Big difference. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So LSU was, like, dominating the whole game. And then at the end of the game, there's you know, a couple minutes left. LSU gets a big dunk. All the momentum's turning. Uh, Florida's going to shoot a three. Uh-huh. And the, they didn't foul the shooter. They fouled the guy in front of the shooter coming off a screen, right? And the shooter was not in the act of shooting, not even close. So, of course, he makes the three. They give him an and one on a four-point play. The coach gets so mad that he gets teed up. 
So it ends up being like a fucking seven-point play to turn the entire game late. So uh, new and interesting ways, and, and I know it's not just me looking at Twitter that uh, – that these games are being decided. So March Madness is in full effect right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I got one team. See, I'm, I don't. I have one team, my one Cinderella in this whole thing, which I don't even know if it's a Cinderella. Let me throw that out to you and see what you think of mm-hmm. my my big call of this tournament. It's not. Remember, okay. we're recording this before No Selection Sunday. This is before all that. So right. if you're listening to it during the tournament, or whatever. Wofford. Oh I'm, yeah, no, they they're not really Cinderella. They're probably going to be like a seven seed. Are they okay? That high? Okay. Yeah. All right. It's well, it's crazy. Like, but that I mean, it's a good call. They're a great team. The dude Fletcher McGee. It, the thing with I, I like about teams at this time of year is teams that have played. The guy's a great shooter. I love great shooters this time of Incredible year. I like shooter. good guard play, and I, I like teams that don't run too sophisticated of a system. You look at all the great coaches like Tom Izzo and these guys who have success in the tournament. They're not complicated because that way, Wofford has like six plays. I think on total they just run the same plays over and over and over and over that way it doesn't get in these kids head and they know where they're supposed to be on the court at any given moment so the game doesn't get too big for them they don't get too much in their head because they don't have a lot to remember you know so i I, those are always the teams i started to target and i like good shooters and fletcher mcgee i think is the best shooter in the damn tournament oh yeah dude you you remember um you remember jj reddick when he was at yeah yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. that like spitting image just everything's like a turnaround hand in your face three yeah like the kid the kid is just a fucking superstar look at this look at are you impressed with me tommy g are you impressed i am i I don't know if you like went and studied one team so you could look sharp before the podcast or if you actually pulled that i'm gonna give you the credit and I've done zero that, research that I believe you could that. possibly know. Like zero. <laughs> Less than zero. Like nothing. I, I know Zion's coming back. We played the other day. I know ACC has uh, like – By the way, not only did he play the other season. day, yeah. Zion went 13 for 13 from the field in his first game back. Yeah, that's and that's pretty good. Monster. Yeah. Monster. And, Let uh, me give a few – because you, you touched on something there, Jeff, that, oh. that is a good point. When people are looking at sleepers, right? Uh-huh. Because you do all the March Madness stuff. You're not as sure. into college basketball throughout the season, but you're no, in all the brackets and Calcutta's yeah. and all that kind of shit, right? Yep. And you mentioned a couple things. I, I made a little list of things that people need to look for because I get asked in chat all the time, you know, w- what do we look for in a sleeper? Mm-hmm. And there's a few things. And uh, the biggest thing for me is defensive efficiency, right? Now, that can be a little jaded with the smaller schools just for the simple fact that, you know, they're playing weaker competition. So your defensive efficiency rating against a Duke compared to a – you know, uh, East Norfolk is going to be, you know, drastically different. Yeah. But the big things here are seniors. Yeah. So on these small schools that make it in, right, you want experience, you want senior, you want – it doesn't need to be guards, but you'd prefer it to be senior guards if you could. Strong guard play. Um, You want that one big guy. He doesn't even need to be a scorer. But you need at least one big guy who can bang with the LSUs, with the Dukes, with the teams like that that have, you know, big, huge monsters in the middle. And then three-point shooting is, yep. is obviously critical. And these are things Huge. that you guys can look up once the brackets are out because we got about four days until the tournament starts. So I'm going to spend 40 hours from, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then, and then even into the Thursday, you know, writing out spreadsheets and all that with all these efficiency ratings and stuff. But three-point shooting, you know, because you're not going to shoot that much different um, from three, even though you'll shoot a little lower if you're playing a big team. And the big thing, Jeff, mm-hmm. a killer. And you what? talked about it with McGee. Oh. You need that one killer. That you one need guy. that one, 
you know, John Morant who could like take over a tournament Mm -hmm. and just get hot and pull a Carmelo and carry a team all the way through. So those are a few of the things to look for if you guys are looking to kind of get ahead of your sleeper action. And when they always say like guard play and the reason here's why that's important guard play because ball handlers, you don't want to turn the ball over. That's why guard play is so important. You know, having guys who just will not turn the goddamn ball over. That's the key and come conference time. And you get, even if you're a lower seed, you know, your butts, your buttholes get a lot, little tight. Yep. You know what I mean? Like it, you start thinking about it too much. You start, you know, worrying about you. You start looking up and not concentrating on the dribble or what have you. And, you know, that leads to turnovers and you start giving up leads that way. And you start, you know, turning the ball over and not getting shots. And so that's what, when they say guard play is important to turn. And this has been true since the eighties. I mean, it's, it's oh, yeah. never, never changes. You need good guard play. You need guys who can ball handle distribute and guys who do not turn the ball over especially in crunch time and can hit their free throws don't forget about that how many oh yeah that's, Tommy a, that's G's a huge been one butt raped by free throws oh, God, over the last dude, two I, weeks literally i literally raped. i literally have been fucked on more front end one and ones than anyone in the history of fucking sports over the last few weeks but no that's a huge one that's huge free throw shooting percentage is gigantic uh, again it may not be as huge when you're looking at you know a a 16 beating a one or a 15 beating a two because they're usually going to lose by 30 or be in the game you know at the end and just banging threes on them and not even trying to get to the hole but uh that's a big thing i think one of the things that you look you don't look for in sleeper teams is dominant bigs so if you got a team who dominated their conference based on the back of you know one or two of their power forwards or centers or something like that you got to remember that guy is not even on Duke's radar in recruiting, right? That guy at Prairie View A&M who's averaging 25 points a game down low is going to get his fucking shit pushed in by Zion and guys like that. So yeah. We so saw with uh, DeAndre Ayton bigs. last year with Arizona, same thing. Dominant big, right, exactly. And, yep, and I was, remember last year I was all off them. Everyone was talking Arizona. I was like, nope, 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 nope. When your best player is a down low scorer, you have a very slim chance of going anywhere in the tournament. So just a few things to look at. Uh, We're going to be doing uh, me and Sports Cheetah did a conference tournament podcast that's out the last episode. Uh, Rob was there, too. But uh, it was really me and Cheetah. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even mention Rob. (laughs) Rob was there, too, talking about The Bachelor or some shit. Rob was uh, actually recording a Twitch show while on the podcast. So it's kind of isn't it great that Rob has his little Twitch thing. First of all, before we rip him apart, before we rip him apart. Yes. um, He is doing a great job with it. I got to say. And I hate, listen, me and you hate to compliment each other, but we do, mm-hmm. right? Because we're both phenomenal humans. Right. Rob's not. Rob's garbage human. Yeah. But, he, so there's nothing to compliment ever. Like, he's really <laughs> good at nothing. handicapping games, and then that's it. He's, he's, a, he's a garbage human. Drinks canned wine and fucking rosé ice cubes and shit. Yeah, he hasn't so. figured out life, but he's a hell of a good sports better. Like, very smart Amazing. Numbers. Very maybe good maybe numbers the best guy. I've ever met. Yeah, he's the Paul D. Potesta of Guru Lee. Like he's the numbers, like he's unbelievable. He runs the numbers and very good like that. But then you put him out in front and it's like, oh God. Like it's a mess. Yeah. It's yeah. It, but and, and even on the podcast, you know, I carry his ass. I call him the backpack. You know, I right. carry him and I and I tee him up. But uh in all seriousness, no, his his Twitter and you can uh, Twitch, you can and he sucks at Twitter, just Freudian slip. Yeah. But uh his Twitch, and if you go to Twitch, what is it? Elite betting. I, I right? have no idea. Twitch. I don't know how Twitch works. Twitch. I'm just Dot learning it now. Tiny dick. I think it's twitch.tv or whatever. But it's elite betting. When you go to Twitch, just search elite betting and you'll see Rob's videos. He's pretty good, Jeff. 
He's not bad. Doing, he's not bad in his little hosting role. He had Mad Lab on today. He did a he did a solo gambling podcast, which I, I think is a must watch. You guys should get over there and check it out. Talking about everything from like buying points to parlays and all that kind of shit. Yeah, but he, he's not horrible, Jeff. I, I am. Uh, I'll fully admit, have not seen it yet. I've seen some <laughs> testing in that. I think uh, it's great for the gambling crowd and the sports betting crowd for sure. Um, right. Yeah. And that's and go see it. Go watch it. Yeah. I'll watch it eventually. I have this thing, with, man. Like I am. Such, you don't watch anyone else's stuff. Here, what are you, kidding? you haven't listened to an episode of No Mercy. You weren't on unless Twitter went nuts about how we were making fun of you. I have. Well, that's probably accurate. <laughs> and uh, then you'll ask me what minute mark. In it was fairness, at. you guys make fun of me on just about every other episode. So that's why we. Need, I need that extra download. You get that extra listener. Uh, no, I do. I totally do. I haven't listened to a couple because you never invite me on anymore. But um, right. And then no, I do. I. I'm a snob, man. I'll fully admit it, and I don't know why. It's it's like this. Like maybe it's from my childhood. Like you know, hot chicks never dated me because I'm gross, right? I'm gross right, looking. Right. So I do the same that. thing with like bad broadcasting. I, I can't. I can't do it. Like all this amateur shit, I can't do. I'm like, oh, it makes me sick. Like I, I mean, it just every fucking ignoramus has some sort of weird show, and they're on something, and I don't under. I don't like it. Uh, my so kids you reali- like you it. realize you're you're referencing this podcast that you're on no right i think the product i know the producers of this podcast and they're actually they produce some of the uh, larger podcasts and stuff like that i know the technology behind our podcast so yeah i, don't, I do not put this in the if same you go category. listen back to this you actually started that conversation explaining why you don't listen to a lot of the no mercies you're on not on mm-hmm. and then dovetailed into how certain things you don't listen to are complete garbage so if we use the transitive property here <laughs> i'm i'm you bashing uh yeah yeah you're, you're kind of just shit on i'm gonna assume it's not me oh no and I'm gonna assume it's rob and lab and the bod so uh you're gonna you might have a little phone call from mad lab coming up he might get mad i, I love mike i love yeah, him. Yeah, if mike was 511 190 would you love him as much no yes i, <laughs> I really would i did totally what i love shoes he's my guy i just man, you know i i've just i've become a real snob. You're a snob. Well, I you're totally busy. am. It's just like this. You're busy. I, I hate the idea. You know this, Tommy, because you and I have worked together a long time. It's this idea that everybody could do broadcast. I just fucking. Oh, everyone's a sports better now. Everyone's doing broadcasting. Everyone's doing. Fu- fu- I mean, it's just it's it, fucking. It, it crazy. drives me nuts. And for the years that I put out, fifteen years, I've actually broadcast over twenty years now. And it really and hitting posts and timing and stuff. It's stuff that I mean. Listen, you. you got started late in it, and I'll give you a compliment, even though I shit on No Mercy, I guess. But it's like you had it. You had the raw skills. You know how to engage an audience and carry an audience and stuff. But but here's the thing: I didn't have the broadcasting experience you had. Right. I was a public speaker for a decade. Right. right. I used to do public speaking events in front of hundreds of people. Much easier. You know, and Q and A's and stuff. So yeah. So when I started doing that, I sucked. So, like, you kind of learn timing and you learn how to keep an audience engaged by speaking in front of audiences. Yeah. When you hear these people that are fucking doing shows, it's like, the idea, it's fucking amazing. Somewhere along the line, the world decided that anybody who's a good writer could become a broadcaster. And it's like, no, no, this cannot. I mean, you don't want to hear people. Here's my transitive property, if you will. I don't want, like, somebody who should be on a show um or hosting a show or whatever any kind of worthwhile endeavor is somebody that when they walk into a room 
everyone looks around like, hey, I can't wait to see what this guy's going to say. Like, this guy's right. going to command a room. If you're just a wallflower in the background, and those wallflowers have suddenly pretended to be podcasters, and and just and not just podcasts, it's Twitch, it's Facebook Lives, Everywhere. it's Twitter Live, it's Periscope, it's all these different things, and it's like, good God, man, you can, they don't understand what the audience that these people think that what they have to say is so important. They don't understand the element that somebody has to want to hear you speak. Somebody has to. You have to be saying something that the other that everybody out there listening wants to hear that's part of it they there's too many one-way conversations and I, I think that's just the downfall of a lot of things especially like in our space with sports betting and um dfs and fantasy sports and stuff just everybody's like a writer or a great numbers guy and then they go in front of a, a mic or a camera and they don't know how to hold or captivate an audience and it makes me cringe so that's yeah it's it is tough to listen to yeah. i don't listen to any of that stuff yeah um I have a list of like five or six different podcasts that I'll circulate through, and that's it. Like, yeah. I just see other people pop up. With and by the way, I want to make sure, like, Rob's doing a great job, and there's a lot to win, a lot of good information to help you guys win on the Twitch show and stuff like that. And Rob's not going to fool you that he's trying to be any kind of broadcaster. He's doing it to put us out there and to do it because Tommy's too tied up. I'm too tied up right now. So I'm not bashing on Rob or anybody else doing it. but And, by the way, cutting your chops and getting better at it is part of it. But I'm more of the, a snob type where I'll, I don't want to taste your shitty wine. I want to wait till you've perfected your wine, and then I'll buy a bottle or a case. You know what I mean? That's sort of my, my way of going about it. I don't want to watch an amateur filmmaker at this stage. I want to watch the polished film, you know? Excellent, excellent analogy there, Mr. Man. Thank you. So, yeah. we had a big, big week in football. A um, lot shit. of trades going on, a lot of signings, a lot of shit going down. We haven't been on here to talk about it, so we'll we'll kind of cover a lot of the bases. Some of it may be a couple days old. Some of it may be, you know, a week or so old. But I think we should get to kind of the, the impacts of these trades right out the gate Do it. and what you think of them. Not necessarily all trades. Some of them are just free agent signings. But more trades I mean, we than we've ever seen, though. It, it is a lot more trades than I've seen before, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not doing this because of my New York bias. I'm doing this just because these are two of the three, maybe four teams that are making all the splash. So we might as well start with the two New York teams. I mean, you can imagine how many text threads and friends that I have that are Giants fans, and I'm a Jets fan, yes. right? Yep. So over the last couple of years, it's calmed down in my life. Where two years ago we were better than them. Last year we both sucked, you know, pretty much equally. But this is just—I I can't even put in the words how amazing this is. Even <laughs> losing Bar, where I, which I thought was a sure thing. Thank you, Schefter, for my fucking ten-minute hard on that disappeared immediately. But you know, signing Mosley, Le'Veon Bell, Jamison Crowder. Uh, what's the big lineman from the fucking Raiders? I forget his name. Oh, Simile. Oh, Caliche Assimile. Yeah, yeah, one of the top run blocking linemen in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, Jets are making some fucking moves. And then we got the draft coming. We got the third pick of the draft. Or we're probably going to get another pass rusher. Should I Should I be excited? You, you're a known Le'Veon Bell is overrated guy. You're probably the, the president and founder of the Lev Bell is, is overrated true. club. So before we get into Lev Bell, just talk to me from a Jets perspective. Do, am I getting too excited for no reason? And where do you think we go? This There's year? nothing I want to do more than just literally just start cutting your throat with Crush the Jets. My soul. Like I, I have a guy on Twitter right now. He, I'm not exaggerating to you. In the last week, five days in a row, 
Every two hours, he sends me that picture of a jet landing real close to people. We're coming. We're coming. Like, he is all over because I kind of bashed it. <laughs> um, the moves you talked about, I, I'm glad you mentioned a simile. I think that and Mosley are the best moves here. I, oh, yeah. I love the Mosley. I do not like Jamison Crowder at all. I think it's a nothing. I really, I think you had Jamis, or Jermaine Curse. To me, way better. Like, immensely better. I don't, I don't understand the Crowder thing at all. I'm not a Le'Veon Bell guy. I actually made a prediction uh, on the SiriusXM show the other day, Tommy, and it's going to hurt. But I – and let me you, – you're a good guy to ask, even though, man, I wish this wasn't the Jets. I so wish this was like the Redskins or somebody indifferent. I, my opinion is this. Le'Veon Bell lost that deal like so painfully bad. Uh, it, 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 horrible. Thank you. Okay, like, that's good. why like, I almost it, wanted to say yeah, That's why I almost wanted to save it because I wanted to get the little bit of Jets talk out because I know we're going to go crazy we'll on Lev Bell. We'll sprint it back around because I like the Jets. I like what they did. He Defense got killed. I like what Assembly did there. But Le'Veon Bell got destroyed. Here's what I think. Just knowing people and you're, you're a guy, you're a game theory guy. Hell, you taught me game theory for Christ's sake. It, it's just like this guy doesn't want to play football. Are you fucking kidding me? I said he's not going to play six games this year. Like, there's no – he wanted wow, guarantee. Really? He sat out a whole year to get a little bit more guaranteed money, even though he would have made money. He, the point is, he doesn't want to play. He has no interest. Did you – does anybody else realize that before he announced where he was going, he knew for 20 hours is, is, where he was going. He dropped a rap single. Do you remember who called that? Yes. Do you remember you last yes. year when yes. I was telling everyone, I'm like, he ain't coming back because he's working on a rap album. Yes. He's not coming back all year. You did say I'm that. like, all he cares about is his fucking rap album. Remember I said it a yep. thousand times, the mm-hmm. rap album, the rap album. And then he drops his single today. And like, you're right. That's sh- so we'll both take a win on this because yeah. you've been saying it. And I said the rap, like he doesn't fucking care. He doesn't, he doesn't care. care. He, he doesn't really care. doesn't. And so in that idea, I'm like, I don't give a fuck. I don't think it means anything. But I am happy they got Osimile. I like Calvin Beecher. The left side of this line is looking strong. They got some work to do on the right side. The defense is legit. And I like having that guy in the middle like Mosley to pair with Adams. And Although I will, one of the funniest pickups of the Jets was they got rid of um, fucking Buster Scrine finally. And, of course, he signs in Chicago. Oh. And I'm like, And he signed you, with the Bears. I told my brother. I was you like, kidding <laughs> me? Like, really? The, but then... How's this guy not in the fucking AAF? It's unbelievable. He would be like the the, the 18th be a best corner in the AAF. Like, 100%. And then... So then... So, okay, that's... So, good. Addition by subtraction. Then the Jets signed Brian Poole, who, if you remember, yeah. slot corner for Atlanta, who I attacked in DFS every week. I'm like, what? Do they just need a bad slot corner? Is that what they have to have? Such so- an important position in today's NFL, the slot corner. Slot receivers are booming. They're yeah. moving guys like Crowder, Juju and Thielen. And, all these yeah, guys get like, money. Yeah. Oh, God. They're moving, they're moving dominant you know, yes. outside receivers into the slot because they're found to obviously crack the code that we've known forever uh-huh. that it's the easiest place to succeed on the field. And then you're going to put a fucking another trash can in that spot. So, so, I mean, I'm happy to have screen off, but Jesus. Pool. It is such a mix because I hate Adam Gaze. I hate Doel Loggins. I don't like Le'Veon Bell, but Sam Darnold was better than I thought last year. He's going to have to take, there, there's two lines. In my opinion, if Sam Darnold takes a Carson Wentz step forward, and he's the Jets are going. He could make all these guys around him play up. If he takes a Mitch Trubisky um, step up in year two, 
the, I mean, I don't think the Jets are going to have the best defense in the NFL the way Trubisky did last year. And even though they'll have a good defense, I still think they'll be a fringe, maybe a wild card team, maybe fringe on the outside for at least 2019. I think the Le'Veon Bell thing is just, oh, he's an albatross that could ruin a locker room. We saw what Bell and Brown did um, respective years in Pittsburgh. They ruined what should have been a team that could have contended for Super Bowl year after year. So uh, I'm there's some good and some bad with these Jets moves, and I think most of it's going to come down to the development of Sam Darnold. And year one, solid. But he's going to have to take a, a big next step, and I worry about that with Adam Gaze. The big, the big thing with Darnold was he, he took a huge step in the second half of the year, right? So he already took that small kind of first step, right? Like he wasn't great at the beginning of the year outside of the first game. And then the second half of the season, I think in the final seven games, he had one of the top passer ratings in the NFL, right? So, so he started to progress through the year, which as a Jet fan gives me hope that, okay, you know, let's get another camp in. Let's get some more weapons around him, and we should be able to see a viable, you know, not Pro Bowl quarterback, but you know, someone who's a you know top twelve quarterback in the NFL. Hopefully, next year would be would be optimal, at least top fifteen. So uh, I'm excited for it. Again, I don't think I'm going to be uh, running out expecting the Jets to make the playoffs, but uh, you know, I am excited to finally have something to root for going into a season rather than just expecting fucking four wins. Uh, the Giants, what the fuck is Gettleman doing? Like. Can you explain that? I I have had more conversations over the last week with Giant fans and Nick fans just crushing their souls in bars. Like, I have – it's literally become a script. Like, I seek out these conversations. (laughs) Like, don't walk into a bar with me with with New York Giants gear or New York Knicks gear on because I will literally – decapitate your Kyrie Durant dreams that you're talking well, about in, in literally three minutes I will kill those and the Giants is just it's just fucking easy well, it's Tom, a joke what they're doing Oh, before we get to the Giants uh, I have a theory which you've known for years about the NBA the NBA is so rigged I'm sorry it, it's oh, almost yeah. embarrassing I can't even be a part of it they're giving the Knicks the first pick because uh, yeah, uh, how are the Suns suddenly good what is a thousand what is going on? They're beating the Warriors in the Oracle the Bucks, Arena. They're what? beating everyone. Yep. What? This, the worst team is suddenly just like, oh, what, what do you know? Well, the Suns are now worse than the Knicks, and the Knicks have the best chance. Wait, what? Come on, man. Where the hell the did Knicks, that come the, from? The Knicks could have the eighth worth, worst record, and they're still getting that first pick. I yeah. think the Lakers are tanking intentionally right now i mean they they sat down ball you know they're limiting lebron they sat down you know they're sitting down a couple different guys for the rest of the year i think because they're sitting there going you know what lakers don't worry we'll make those ping pong balls bounce the right way and and you'll end up with a top four or five pick in this draft and they're going to end up with rj barrett somehow and the the knicks are going to go get the one pick they're going to draft zion they're going to find out that rj barrett is actually going to be the better pro even though zion deserves to be the first pick and uh, the lakers and the knicks are both going to fucking end up having the draft of all drafts and uh, put them back on the radar. That's my prediction, too. But do you want, like, if you're a Knicks fan, mm-hmm. the last thing I would want, because they're all like Kyrie and Durant, that is literally as much AIDS as you can fucking get. And we'll get right back to football. That is as much AIDS as you can get to build a team. Like, they literally, Hardaway's gone. Porzingis is gone. They basically have nothing there except Dennis oh, yeah. Smith Jr., who's a good dunker, and he's decent, right? right? But you're literally looking at Kyrie Irving, 
who is probably as bipolar and breaking down mentally as much as any player maybe in the NBA's history. Mm-hmm. Like sitting there talking about, I didn't come here to be on TV. I, I just want to play basketball. Everyone leave me alone. And then you're going to put that dude in New York? Right. Like, no. And then you got Kevin Durant, who's already been exposed for having a burner account to talk good about himself because he was so fucking insecure. And the, the Golden State Warriors, who were like this meshed up perfect unit forever, now all of a sudden are Draymond collapsing Draymond. within. You could say it's Draymond, but that started with Draymond and Durant, and now the it's spilled over into the whole team. Yeah. And you're also talking about a guy in Durant who won. Durant and Kyrie already have championships. So they don't have that motivation to go get that first ring. So they're going to quit quicker than someone who needs that ring before they retire will. Two, neither of these are spring chickens anymore. And three, you need that Kawhi, that even Dame Lillard. You need someone who's confident, who's a leader to pair with a Kyrie Irving, to pair with a Kevin Durant. You can't have those two guys as the focal point of your team with how mentally they fragile they both are. They can't be on the are. front line. They can't be the front guy. Exactly. They Dude. need the... LeBron or somebody yeah. out there that will take the punishment, take the hits before them. They could take on shrapnel, but they can't take the major hits. I yeah, totally no, agree. they can't be on the front lines for the media. But I mean, still, you're talking about I Kevin mean, Durant still... couldn't win, couldn't win with Westbrook, Harden, Ibaka, yeah. and Reggie Jackson on his team. Like that was their lineup. They had Man, Westbrook, the Harden, so Durant, loaded Ibaka, then. Reggie Jackson. Jesus. They still couldn't fucking win. It's insane how loaded that team was. But yeah, I, I, yeah. This, I just believe that the NBA is so rigged, and it's why I can never. The game of basketball, I love it. Like college, like you're talking about, I, I, I dig it. But I'm so fucking done with the NBA. I just, I just can't get over it. I can't believe people. And again, I know, I realize. I guess this is a place to talk about it. Like all your conspiracy theory nonsense that I laugh at you about, or whatever. And then I'm feeding right into it. But if all the conspiracy theories in the world, it, the NBA is just the top. To me, it's the it's just such a bullshit org. It's the WWE. It's all orchestrated, right. all timed, everything. I even see it back from my childhood with the Bulls and Jordan. Like Jordan was anointed. When you look back, right? Yeah, Magic gets AIDS. It's like, oh, well, this is our, we got to get something's got to come in here. Remember, he got AIDS like right after that finals when they did beat right. him. And it's like, all right, well now we're just now we're giving every call and everything's going their way. It's, the whole thing, man. It's just it's the frozen envelope on the uh, or the envelope with the bent corner to get Patrick Ewing Patrick to the Knicks. Ewing in I mean, it's just yeah. funny when people talk about games. Like, like I, I'll sit here and say, like, and and I'm in the chat with the guys all day, you know, sweating games. Even when we're getting our head cracked, you know, I'm in there with them sweating. And it's like I'll point out, I'm teaching our chat how to identify a fixed game, right? And I'll tell them before it starts based on the line. And then once the game gets about three, four, five minutes in, you can kind of tell what's going on. And I'll kind of script it. I'll be like, this game is fixed, and here's what's going to happen. Here, watch this ref, and here's what he's going to do. Watch this. And then all of a sudden, if you have a team who's laying two and the game is fixed and they're up 15 or something, then I'll tell them, watch this now. See the last four minutes of the game? Watch the calls all go the extreme other way to balance out the box score at the end of the day yeah. and to make the lasting impression that, oh, maybe it wasn't fixed because they're doing all this late. It's when they do these things. And you're talking about the NBA that has Tim Donahue, and we'll do a whole no mercy on, on the fixing of games. I have something up my sleeve, which is the reason I'm holding her off. But um, you already have an official who's went to jail for fixing games. Like, like how are you still denying it? Nobody's it, talking about, too, yeah. And, and they officials. still say it's not happening. I know. Like, of course... They asked Tim Donahue, Jeff, how many, what percentage of NBA officials gamble? Mm-hmm. 
Do you want to know what his answer was? I remember. He said like 80%. 100%. Oh, he said 100. <laughs> yeah. He didn't even say 80. Yeah. It was, he said 100%. Everyone. And now he specified by saying, I'm not saying they gamble on NBA games. I'm just saying I know 100% of them gamble. Well, if you out there are listening and you are a gambler, you know uh, gambling is really hard. And if you gamble on something, you'll gamble on everything, right? Let alone the game that you have full control over. You're talking about NBA officials who are making anywhere from $1,000 to $1,400 a game, right? Like, just to think that these things aren't happening is mind-boggling. It's why you and I argued years ago about home court advantage in the NBA. I've always said... I don't believe anything. I don't believe it's the fans. I don't believe it's cheering. I think that the referees give the NBA. If you really think about sports, all professional sports, basketball is the only one where you actually get real points for free. The free throws. It's the only you don't get like a you get a, a penalty kick in soccer or right. a breakaway or, in right. NHL, but you still have to earn. It's not you don't get free points like no they don't in baseball they don't like that well, was a yeah, right. here's a run for you you get a run free touchdown for you and it doesn't happen no other sport you could just give actual points which is all that decides a game and the it, other thing Jeff yeah. you can take people off the court yes stop them now soccer keep in mind soccer is similar to that because you can get a free point in you know on Kinda. a penalty kick ba- a penalty kick basically you can take someone off the field. Kinda. But you're not going to compare it to soccer, Jeff, because that's the known most fixed sport in the world. Yes, yes it like it, It's literally the most fixed game Everyone in the that. entire world. They've been investigated. They've been indicted. The founders, the heads of all the t- – like, that's known. So the fact that it's similar to soccer in that respect is further proving that NBA is the most rigged sport. But you could take someone off the court. You could literally just pull them off the court without calling unnecessary roughness, without calling something crazy, just a touch foul. Call two touch fouls in the first minute, and that guy's on the bench for 20 minutes. It's impossible. And the fact that people Crazy. just keep, keep thinking, oh, yeah, no, home teams win because they're comfortable. Oh, because they slept in a good bet. Get the hell out of I, here. I disagree with you a little on that. I know There's you do, but uh, we've win. argued it in the past. I just don't Heavily. see – I just don't get it. Like, I just – the only thing I get is the amount of foul shots because it correlates – you know, the, the fact that they're getting 33% more foul shots at home than teams do on the road, well, I mean, right. That's why? You're telling me a hacking foul or a hand check or uh, it happens more on road teams than home teams? What's the science behind that? I just don't get it. So In uh, the NBA, it's basically uh, – you know how they can call holding on every play? Yes. In the yes. NFL, you can yes. call a touch foul on every play. Of course. Like, you can literally Absolutely. call or not call. You could call a travel on every play. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's so easy for them to manipulate a game and not yep. make it obvious yes, because it is. there is a foul on every play. So, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's definitely the most fixed sport by far, far. And the problem with dumb people, all these fucking idiots, Jeff, when I, and this is, you know, another bar conversation that I kill people with. When they start talking about there's no way, why would Kyrie Irving fix a game? He's making fucking $10 million a year. It's not Kyrie Irving that's fixing the game, you dumb fuck. Yeah. It's not Kevin Durant. It's fucking the refs and the coaches. Right. That's mm-hmm. who does it. How could a coach fix a game? He's not shooting the shots. Uh, if you know a team's good versus man and sucks versus the zone, you stay in fucking man the whole game. Like, to let them have an easier way to play. It's a very oh. – you could pull a guy off the court. You could put a guy on the court. You could run the wrong plays at the wrong time. Coaches with rotations, time. Up. they can control exactly how close or how far certain games are away. Absolutely. 
Yeah, so anyway, let's get back to football. So the Giants, we were talking about Gettleman and what the fuck the Giants are doing over here. So me and you were not OBJ fans. Yeah, I know. We, we, we are the biggest anti-Odell Beckham. He's not a leader. He's not, he's, he kind of falls into that same category of Kyrie and Durant and guys like that. Super talented, but he's not a leader and he's overrated on some level. Um, but did they get enough for him? And then what have Landon Collins gone? Uh, Vernon gone. OBJ gone. Like, the, there's an outside shot that you could have three Hall of Famers that just left the team. I, I don't think all three of them will get to the Hall of Fame, but it's hard to argue against it, right? Yeah. Um, I'm, I don't mind Olivier Vernon, that deal at all. Uh, again, probably a better player than Zeitler, who they brought in. But I think Zeitler fits more what they're doing, um, trying to run the ball and focus it on Saquon Barkley and that offense. I don't mind getting rid of o- Odell Beckham because I think he is a cancer. I think he is a guy who it will he will implode. It's not a matter of, by the way, we have breaking NFL news that we'll talk about concerning another guy who had problems in college, evidently has problems now in Tyree Kill, but we'll get to that in a second. Beckham is just a matter of time before he blows up again. It's just a matter of time before he goes bananas and kicks a referee or punches an opposing player like he did with Josh Norman or he proposes to a, a football net or whatever. He's just a maniac and a guy who cannot handle adversity whatsoever. He's also... Better catching one-handed than catching two-handed. He wants to make the dazzling play. He doesn't want to make the consistent reception. He doesn't want to get contacted. So there's a lot. I don't have no problem getting rid of Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, but Beckham did land in a great spot. Do you spot. think they got enough? Let, let's just say that. Because, I mean, we'll get to A.B. in that fucking anal rape. I think place. that it comes down to Jabril Peppers. I think getting a number one. I think they got a, what, a one and a three. They got a yeah one and a three. They got the seventeenth, 17th pick, overall. Pick. It's a low. It is low. They're going to try low. to package them probably two picks and trade up into the top five to get a quarterback. But I'm I don't think praying. I don't like this quarterback class. I really don't. I, don't I like am it. praying. But you, you know, I hate the Giants. You know more than yeah. anything in the world. I am want? praying they package their two picks to move up to get Kyler Murray. Like. I think he is just the single most overrated thing oh, yes. I've ever seen. Of course. Ever. Yes. Ever. Like, there's never been a quarterback that is being skewed more because of what other quarterbacks who are nothing like him are doing. You're looking at what Mahomes is doing. You're looking at what Baker Mayfield is doing. You're looking at a lot of the – everyone's like, oh, he's the next Russell Wilson because he played mm-hmm. baseball. Like, no. No, he's not. He's none of those people. He's not even close. He's nowhere near as intelligent as them. He makes terrible football decisions. I watched him all fucking his whole career. Like, he's nowhere near them, and he benefited from an offensive fucking genius calling the plays. Like, like me and you could have done decent. And if we were in our athletic prime in that spot that he was in. No, he's a terror. And the fact that they're talking about him going number one, what? It's insane. I could not agree more. Kyler Murray, undersized guy. Um, I mean, there's so many. Okay, let's start with Baker Mayfield because it's the same offense that Kyler Murray ran. Baker Mayfield did well last year for the Browns. But we we can't forget the fact that they were so miserable in the beginning of the season because they had Hugh Jackson and they had Tyrod Taylor that everything Baker did by comparison seemed amazing, seemed really great. 
I'm not sold on Baker Mayfield yet. No fucking way am I ready to say he's just going to be. Now, they've surrounded him with gods. Uh, Nick Chubb. Oh and, uh, Joku, Could you be in a better Beckham, Landry. I mean, for Christ's sake. But they did take away Zeitler, one of the better run-blocking interior guards in the league, which, by the way, is a good move for the Giants, getting back to that conversation. I don't, I, and the Giants replaced Beckham with Golden Tate. And if you go and look at the measurables and everything on Tate versus Beckham, it's not that crazy. It's not that far off. Beckham's a bigger play guy. Crossing routes, slant routes can take it to the house. No doubt. But Golden Tate, sure, is, you know, hands, size, speed, athleticism, everything else, Golden Tate's it's right there. It's not that big a deal. They saved themselves a ton of money. They upgraded the offensive line, which is going to surround Saquon Barkley. The Giants have a glaring problem. It's that they don't have a quarterback. Eli Manning is absolutely gashed, and it seems like they're going to stick with him for this year. They should trade up and get somebody else, although I don't. I kind of think that this is not the year to do it. I like the quarterbacks coming out in 2020 right, better that's than I do. I was going to say, he almost tanked this year. Yeah, Kyler Murray's a piece of shit. He is undersized. He doesn't have the arm. He, he's a float passer. He's a garbage can passer, yep. which he drops it into the bucket and not through the target. That's a huge problem with and college quarterbacks. a huge quarterback. difference between yes. the guys they're comparing him to. You look at a guy. The reason Pat Mahomes had success in, at college, but he wasn't like you know, the world beater in college. Great numbers, all of that. But Pat Mahomes was built to play at the pro game. He throws through his target. Hard velocity. You can't catch up to his throws. He's got the size, all that, carries the ball well. There's players that are just different. Peyton Manning wasn't the greatest college quarterback. Couldn't win the big game, they said, at Tennessee. But the guy was a professional playing the college game. In college, you can do these float flutter passes and drop it into the basket because corners and safeties at the college level are garbage. They're trash. They really are. You don't have weak secondary people outside of Buster Screen and Brian Poole in, in the National Football League, so um, and P.J. Williams, too. You know what I mean? So that that's a major problem. And so Giants, terrible because they don't have a quarterback. I do not mind the way the Giants are building this thing. They're not going to be competitive in 2019, though, but who cares? In my opinion, if you're a Giants fan, it's all about what happens post-Eli anyway. And then, you know, going back to um, – the Browns and that the offense is amazing. But Deion Sanders said on NFL Network the other day, and Deion tells it like it is: there's one football, and you could be the best of friends, you could be the best buddies, and everything else off the field. When your teammates or you're in business together, you know your and I relationship have been tested. I talked about this on Sirius XM. Why do I get along with Schuster so much? Because he doesn't talk, and that's all I do. Like it, it, we work well together because he doesn't care and I'm egomaniac. Like it works. You and I yeah. are a little different because we're both egomaniacs and we right. run into each other. But Jarvis and Odell Beckham, what are they going to do? Like, does anybody see Antonio Brown walked away? He was number one highest paid receiver, number one targeted receiver, number one of receptions. It wasn't enough. The fact mm-hmm. that anybody was in his shadow destroyed him. Do you think that Beckham? And or Jarvis Landry aren't going to feel that one way or the other. Like, come on, guys. I mean, the, on somebody's top of that, not getting Jeff, the ball. Bottom line. On top of that, you got to look at And I know you're factoring this in. Look at the personality of those three studs. We saw a lot of Jarvis Landry on hard knocks, right? When mm-hmm. he kind of knew the camera was on him at all times, right? And he did a fantastic job. And I think he is a pretty good leader. But 
he's a little bit of a hothead, sure. right? Yeah. He showed that during the season, dropping easy balls. Looks like he was quitting on routes and games at certain points when they were down until they started getting good at the end of the year. Baker Mayfield is a confirmed, legit hothead. Love him, but he's a, but he's a hothead. Sure. And Odell Beckham is the number one hothead in the NFL. So you're not only talking about three guys that need to share the ball, and now you add Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt and Joku and a lot of the other mouths that are there to feed too. But uh, you're looking at three guys that – I don't know. That that ship starts to go. You get on a two- or three-game losing streak. There's a lot of expectations oh, yeah. there right now. And like you said with Baker, I'm a big Baker fan. I really am. I'm a big Baker Mayfield fan, probably because he's very Tommy Small. G-ish, right? Oh, like, he's got sorry. that Tommy G. And he's short. I, he goes against the odds. Like, you know, I like everything about him. Fuck yourself. But um, <laughs> the thing about Baker I'm is – such a heightist. You know, like, who did he beat? Like, his last – fuck, everyone was talking about how he won five of his last seven games. I mean, he beat an Atlanta team that was a mess. He beat a Cincinnati team that was a mess. Carolina team that didn't make the playoffs. A Denver team that was a mess. And then Cincinnati again. You know, who did he play that was tough? Baltimore, loss. At Houston, loss. KC, loss. Pittsburgh, loss. Like, so, it's like, you know, he's got way more weapons now. I think the Browns are going to be good. But I wouldn't go, everyone's talking Browns Super Bowl. Like, relax. They're a playoff team now. They're a playoff team playing in a division that's gotten beaten up. Yeah. And they should still have a favorable divisional schedule. You know, Pittsburgh and all them falling off a little bit. But, um, you know, the, the AFC is definitely weaker right now. The NFC seems to be more dominant to me than the AFC by far. But, I mean, you're still looking at, you know, um, I don't think they win the division. I'm going to make that bold call. Ooh, I don't think they win the division. I, the only problem with that is that all the other teams in the division are kind of, ugh. Ravens made right. some improvements with Mark Ingram. And they brought in Earl Thomas, which I'm is good. I'm not a fan but- of Jackson. But they lost. The they lost CJ Mosley, and so I mean, and then Lamar Jackson. This uh, he can't throw the football. I think you see Pittsburgh. I think you see Pittsburgh win this division this year. Really? All right. Yeah. yeah. I think Antonio Brown was addition by subtraction. I really do. I think it was addition by. Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown were straight cancers on that team. We've talked about how James Conner has put up similar to almost identical numbers to Lev Bell, outside of maybe some less receiving numbers, but. You know, if you're if you think Connor is Lev Bell, like you've said before, then they didn't lose much at running back. A B is a big loss. Juju just take a step forward, but the mentality of Ben and the rest of the team having those cancers off the team. Uh, I think I'll tell you two things real quick. The n- number one guy in Cleveland that I think wins from all this is Nick Chubb. I really do. I just love the fact even with Kareem Hunt. Absolutely. Kareem Hunt was suspended eight games. So, I mean, he's out half the season. I know, but yeah, when he comes back. When he comes, nah, he's not going to be a threat to Nick Chubb. He's the backup there. Cleveland made a good addition there just to have somebody insured in case Chubb were to go down. But yeah, I think Nick Chubb is going to be the biggest winner there, especially from a fantasy standpoint. A lot, you know, Beckham, and like I said, he catches better with one hand than two. A lot of pass interference calls on those guys. You know, they get pass interference, one yard touchdowns. So I love Chubb there. And I'll tell, tell you this, I am not, you know it, I am not a Ben Roethlisberger fan at all. No, Just, you hate him. I love oh, him, you hate him. I've hated him for years. But you, if you want to talk about the guy, a player who is the most to prove, yeah. you think that Ben Roethlisberger doesn't want, he did the same fucking thing when Mike Wallace talked shit and then they sent, he talked the organization into signing Antonio Brown. That's why I'm, I'm befuddled at Antonio Brown. Because Roethlisberger was his boy. Roethlisberger made Antonio Brown a star. And I'm, again, not a Roethlisberger guy, but it's just a fact. 
they had a choice between Wallace and Brown. They chose Brown, and Roethlisberger forced their hand. Now it's Juju. Juju and Roethlisberger are going to be the number one connection in the NFL oh next year. Oh, God. Without any question, it's going to Give be Give me constant. your top three. Give me your top three fantasy receivers in order who are coming off your board. Oh, uh, well, Juju I still love Hopkins first. I mean, I, I love Nuck Hopkins. I Hopkins really, one, right. Um, Nuck, Nuck Hopkins first. I think that – okay. Michael Thomas is second on my board, and then Devontae Adams third. Really, really close. I've got Julio Jones fourth. And the, the, what you really want to get to is I have Juju fifth, Beckham sixth, and Antonio Brown seventh. So that's where I have – those guys and uh again my rankings you guys could find at fantasyguru.com i haven't updated since the trade yet but juju Juju. number one overall okay he's one a with with nuke so i have nuke hopkins probably i would say other people should take nuke over juju but me i'm i there's no way if i have a spot where i can take it where i'm not going all in juju like I, i i still i don't know if i'd bet on it Right, like I wouldn't bet on him being the number one. You probably get some great odds on it because of Nuke and the other guys. Oh, names. sure. But you know, I think with Julio's injury history and with no Antonio Brown there, I think I think Juju and the fact that Juju plays a lot in the slot. I hope they keep him in the slot and don't move him outside too much. But um, yeah, I, I think he has a big year. So Giants are in shambles. Uh, Jets looking good. Give me a win prediction for the Jets. Eight. Uh, give me a win prediction for the Browns. Eleven. Wow, they're nine and a half on mybookie.ag plus one fifty. Oh, I so. hey, look at me. I did some betting research for you, Tommy G. The uh-huh. last th- the Browns are also fourteen to one to win the Super Bowl. The uh-huh. last time they were fourteen to one or better to win the Super Bowl, nineteen hundred and eighty eight. Nineteen hundred and eighty eight. Can you believe that shit? Nineteen 19- Cleveland Browns on FanDuel. Um, are let's see. I th- feel like the number was different over there. No, they're fourteen hundred there too. Okay. okay, yeah, but uh, it's, it's yeah. It's, so let, let's get to this real quick. There's breaking. Well, I was. I'm going to tee you up for it. Okay. So go ahead, go ahead. Uh, the number one team, the number one odds of anyone to win the Super Bowl for the first time in a little while, uh-huh. it's not the Patriots, and Chiefs. it's another AFC team. It is the Kansas City Chiefs yeah. plus seven hundred. And Mr. Manns is going to fill us in on why that might not be the greatest number to hit right now. So, yeah, this just coming down as we started recording is... How about that for a, for a lead-in without knowing where you were going? Love that shit, man. So professional. We're like a well-oiled machine. The, um, or <laughs> well-lubed machine. The Tyree Kill is under investigation for domestic battery. Again, this is something that happened, I guess, in offseason. And, again, it's alleged. We don't know all the details yet. But here, here's the thing. Supposedly, he struck a four-year-old child. Oh and, wow! Yeah, I didn't see that. Yeah, Jesus. and it was like the son of somebody he's dating or what, what have you. So uh, his fiance um, that was involved in this. So four-year-old or then three-year-old. Oh, good lord! It's even younger. Uh, resulting, he broke the kid's arm supposedly. Um, shit! And this is confirmed. This is the story. We don't know if it. This is what he's under investigation for. The kid did break his arm. There was a fall. People are reporting Tyreek Hill had something to do, was responsible for it. What the exact story, I'm sure by the time you guys, this is downloaded and uploaded to the web, we'll know more. But that, I mean, this, this shit, wow. remember, remember, Adrian Peterson whipped his own kid. And right. it didn't break his arm, and he was out for a whole season. 
Um, so this, I mean, regardless of what happens, we've seen Kareem Hunt eight games. This is going to be a problem for Tyreek Hill and the Kansas City Chiefs. It's going to be a problem one way or another. This is a guy who's due a huge contract extension. And back in college, he had his eight-week pregnant girlfriend and punched and choked her. Back That's what I'm in saying. You're not talking about a guy here who has a clean track record. Yeah, when he was at Oklahoma State. So, man. And he, and he pled guilty. I mean, he was guilty of that. And it's why Tyreek went from possibly a late first, early second round pick to the fifth round. Nobody would take a chance on him. So something like this is absolutely catastrophic potentially for his career, let alone fantasy value or the Chiefs or anything else. So, again, developing story literally happened 30 minutes ago. It's being reported by Schefter and different other outlets. We'll know more, I'm sure, throughout the course of the week. But, uh, God, it's devastating for Chiefs and Tyreek Hill and this Pat Mahomes, possibly they're going to have to go out and get some receivers in Kansas City. Yeah, that's that's going to be a tough situation there. Uh, that's I don't know, man. I'm not I'm not taking that plus seven hundred on Kansas City for sure. Not now. I'm not, I'm not eating that. Definitely, no. definitely yet. Probably not at all. Yeah. Um. So let's get back to some of the free agent news here. We talked <gasps> about the New York teams. We talked a lot about Cleveland. Um. What about the Raiders here mm-hmm. now? Gruden came in, and I actually am a Gruden guy. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not think he's the analytics mind that everyone thinks, but then uh-huh. again, I'm not the analytics guy to begin with. But I do think he knows how to lead a team. I think he's good for millennials. I think he's got enough joking around and enough toughness that he could be firm and strong. And the Khalil Mack thing I still think was a complete debacle. I think that was absolutely insane. You have to pay that guy whatever amount of money you fucking can pay. I, I don't care if you blow the whole salary cap up. He's a once-in-a-generation type player. So, but he has rebounded very strong from that since then. And the Raiders showed heart even when they were losing at the end of the year, which is something important to me, right? Like, I, I look at these teams that are, that are failing and that are, you know, have a bad season. But, you know, they were in a lot of those games, man. They beat Pittsburgh late in the season. Uh, the Kansas City game, they had them down to the wire. The Baltimore game was pretty close. They beat Arizona. That— that team really started off like the biggest dumpster fire in the entire NFL. But by the end of the year, they had a little Sam Darnold in them, right, where they looked a lot different. So Ken Gruden turned this around, and what do you think of the moves the Raiders are making? And then recap them for us. I think that I'm not anti-Gruden. I hated him as a broadcaster. Go talk about where we started amateur broadcaster. He was like, he was right there. Um, I don't think they know what they're doing. And that worries me. I think that uh, Gruden is a good motivator. You are 100% right on down the stretch. The Raiders were tough. They were a tough beat. They were a tough out. They, yeah. I mean, let's face it. Let's face it. One game, I think it was week 14, 13, 14, or 15, where Steelers versus Raiders. And the Steelers had the lead, and Roethlisberger sat that game out. If, if the Raiders don't win that game, Antonio Brown's still on Pittsburgh. Like, this whole thing is because of that one game, because the Steelers mm-hmm. then make the playoffs and everybody's fine. All the all chaos that. happens after, right? Exactly. It, so don't forget that. They were a tough beat down the stretch, even for Kansas City and that. So, um, But the one thing I look at, nothing wrong with getting Antonio Brown. It's fantastic. And Tyrell Williams, I, I'm a believer. Can but you're, you're, you don't build championship teams around receivers. Right. I think that's one thing the Giants are doing, and people are all over them. Because are you you know you can't trade away Odell Beckham? Who cares? It's the most dependent position in any sport. Without 
good offensive line play, without a good scheme, or without a good quarterback, your receiver is useless. It's just useless. You can't throw the ball to yourself. So I don't like committing all this money to those receivers. I think Carr is fine. Carr can get you where you want to go, but is, is he better than Andy Dalton or you know Phillip Rivers? No, he's, he's right in that pack. So you could win with him, you could lose with him. And I think Gruden could win with him, so that's fine. And the offensive line, you mentioned the pickup of Osimile was great uh, by the Trent, Jets. Trent Brown was pretty big for the Raiders. It was, but the, here's the thing with Trent Brown. Trent Brown was a guy, second-round pick of the 49ers, and then kind of flunked out. Like, it was a kind of banished to right mm-hmm. tackle there. Anytime you see somebody get great on New England, you, you have to discredit it and downgrade it because – they have a system in place. They need their guys. They lock them in, and then they go to other teams, and they always fail. And offensive linemen, look at Nate Solder last year in New York. Now, he he helped the Giants' offensive line at left tackle, but Nate Solder was better than Trent Brown, mm-hmm. and there wasn't hubbaloo around him going to New York very much. I think I was the one talking about it the most of anybody, and it didn't make that big of an impact. It was nice. It helped a little bit, but not big. And I think the same thing. Trent Brown, if you have Colton Miller and Osimile and Donald Penn, great. But you lose Osimile, you move Colton Miller, now you're going to have to go either inside or to the uh, right tackle spot. He mm, struggled at left tackle. I think it's just you spent a ton of money on three things that didn't matter. You, you moved laterally along the offensive line, and you upgraded two positions that still need – Derek Carr to be better, and you need them to be able to run the football and get single coverage and safeties down low. So I, I don't I don't get it. And the defense is horrific. So when you look at what you mentioned with Khalil Mack, Amari Cooper, Osimile, getting rid of some of these talent that, that Gruden got rid of, and then you pay all this money for this? I don't get right. it. I don't I right. don't understand. I just what do you think Antonio Brown does there next year? I, I mean, he'll get 150 targets. He'll wrap in 100 receptions. Because why? He has to. Well, how to. quick is he throwing a temper tantrum? That's exactly. the question. Like, when does he oh. actually shut down mentally? Game five? Um, I'll give him a little bit longer because he needs – I think his agent is very experienced. Everybody – he's going to have to calm the fuck down. Antonio Brown's going to have to calm down. Eventually, it'll eat away at him. No doubt. Eventually, by week 11 or 12, if this team's not competitive, he's going to start going nuts. But at the same time, it'll take a little bit. It's all going to be hunky-dory for a while, and you see Carr tweeting at him, and they're having a righteous old time. It's my quarterback. So I think Brown will post numbers. But I don't think it, it, I don't think it's going to be the kind of numbers we saw in Pittsburgh. I think we'll lose about 15 to 20% off of those. And I don't think it's going to help Oakland win any go- any games. And then it comes down to, well, is Brown going to be happy with his huge raise and enough targets? I don't think Brown will care as long as he gets peppered 14 times a game. Hmm. That's another possibility. It's that as long as Brown's getting peppered 15, 16 times a game, he won't give a shit what's going on. He's it, another one who doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't. That's true. But I, I don't know. I don't know if he wants to be on a loser either. I don't think he cares. You don't know. I think he just wants to fucking lead the league in receiving. I think as long as he's up there and he's in the Pro Bowl and he's leading the league or in receptions or receiving yards, I think he's fine. I, 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 think I he's can't gonna, disagree with that. So I think the worst case for Antonio Brown would be if like the Raiders started 3-1 and one and then fell apart because then he would have that taste of we're going to be great. But I think if they just suck out the gate, 
Um, like there's a high probability of them sucking right out the gate. Um, I don't think you got to worry about him too much because he's just a volume whore. He just cares about himself. So as long as he's getting his buck 20 and a touchdown each game, he's not, I don't think he's going to give a shit. When's the last um, time he was on the losing team, though? Yeah, that's the thing. We have to see. Nine you know, and six, see. 13 well, and three, 11 and five, 10 and six, 11 and five, eight and eight in 2013, which was his second year, right? And he wasn't Antonio Brown then. Right. He, he, he was just becoming Antonio Brown then. He yeah, was just the, a, a late-round pick who was becoming a good receiver. He right. Hall of Fame Antonio Brown. They still had point. Emmanuel Sanders that year. Right. Exactly. The last time. And, and, and again, that's 8-8. Eight and eight. And then they were 8-8 eight eight, eight eight in 2012, too, which was his rookie year. Yeah. So this will be his first <laughs> losing season for sure. Yeah. Uh, let's break this up with some fun here, Jeff. Oh, about um, fucking time. Yeah. So would you rather... Okay, so we're going to play a little game called Would You Rather Uh-oh. that we've been playing a little bit on the podcast. We played an hour of Would You Rather on the uh, Buried podcast, the one that got buried. That <laughs> the one that nobody listened to. So I got a lot of these questions, which I can ask. Oh, no, not the one nobody you. listened to. The other one. Oh, by the way, time oh! out. You watch, Game- <laughs> you watch Game of Thrones, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, good. Do you believe that Mad Lab, The Bod, and Rob, none of those three watch Game of Thrones? Really? How am I on a show? Where, you know, they're fucking, we're talking about nonsense for two hours. Yeah. Where none of them watch Game of Thrones. I, I'm like, I'm like. How is that possible? I'm a scorned lover in a way because I watch you and I'm watching. I'm like, what is happening to Tommy G? Like all of a sudden it's, you're like college basketball picks and you're watching, you're live tweeting Bachelor. And I'm like, this ain't the fucking guy I know. What, I got to like go in and save you know, or man. something. Like I, what is I, happening? I think you need to watch The Bachelor too. No. I, I, no. Yeah. Dude. You should. Because listen, I'll, it's just cool not to. That's all it no, is. It, no, I'm not cool. I don't. Dude, it's I watch terrible television. It's a hipster move. It's cool not no, to. It's a hipster move to watch it. Believe me. No. Oh, it's yeah. almost hipster not to. Oh, because no everyone way. wants to. Everyone knows who Colton is. And blah, blah, blah. They just I have no it. idea who Colton is. You probably don't. Honestly, I swear to God, I don't. I know. And I don't care. I don't want to be. But you could fucking recite every verse of the baby shark. Do, 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 baby shark. Baby shark. No, I don't even know that. You don't know that either? No. Is that Dude, a It's the most show? addicting video ever. Uh, it's a I, kid's video. I think it has a billion hits on YouTube. I know, like, lemon, the uh, uh, Lemonade song. and. Hold on. Know, like, you haven't seen things. this thing? You haven't heard no, this thing? I'll, I'll look at baby shark. I think I've heard of it. Remember, my kids are older now. Like, I'm going to look at colleges. That's true. I forgot daughters. about that. Yeah, your kids are older. It's crazy. Uh, hold on. I'm going to play a second. Tell me if it sounds familiar. But Skip ad. Hold I'm on. just looking at what you're into these days, and I'm just like, holy cow. But Game of Thrones right, is definitely right. Hold on. Let me, know if you, let me know if you've heard this before. Oh, my God. I don't know if you could hear it. I hear it 100%. No, you can I'm only not. hear it on the Zoom. Never heard it in my life. Let me take my headphones out. Hold no, on. I hear it. I hear it. I don't need more depth. Don't talk. Don't talk. Hold on. Well, now I get I mean, I get it now. Now that's that's hypnotic. I get it. It's I'm so not, hypnotic, I've never heard it. Dude. In my life, I've never heard that song. Grandpa Shark. Do, 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 do. Like, I literally watched it the other day because I didn't know what the fuck it was. And I probably fucked up all our audio here because I was oh, unplugging yeah. headphones. Dude, you're not on off. mute or some garbage I, That's shit, what I'm you? checking right now. Let's like, make sure. God, all right, headphones are in. I hear you through here. I'm talking through here. This is still going. But, dude, anyone out there, I fucking dare you. 
dare you to go to YouTube no. and watch that baby shark video twice with the, with the, with the little Asian kids doing the shark thing in the in the cartoon background. I dare you to watch that twice and not not only get it stuck in your head, but like that it's stuck in your head. That's the it is social programming slash subliminal messaging to like the umpteenth power. It's fucking insane. And I think it has a billion hits on YouTube, Jeff. Uh, I, Do you I don't... see it there? Do you see what the YouTube number was? No, I didn't see I didn't see it. I don't look. 38 million? <laughs> 38 yeah. million. Oh. I thought it had a billion when I looked at it. Um, all right, so let's play a little game here. Right, would you rather? This is what I'm... Is it, right, I'm I got a little shark. list here that I got off the uh, interwebs. Oh, okay. Right? I like... All right. Would you rather <laughs> lose all of your money and valuables or all of the pictures you have ever taken? So you have no photograph, no photos of anything in your life, including your kids, mm-hmm. or lose all your money. Yeah, I mean, this isn't even close. Not even. That's rem- a simple one, right? Okay. Yeah, I'll, yeah. Lose all my pictures. So I don't Let me that. say all your valuables. Like, so you still have all your money, but you take away all the valuables in your house, any fine china you have, any autograph memorabilia, mm-hmm. uh, anything like trophies you had when you were little. Yeah. So any items and yeah. valuables, not diamonds hmm. or anything. Nothing. Nothing worth like millions of dollars but you know all your valuable stuff that you have your you know, giant uh, bear's helmet from when you were 10 yeah. or all the pictures you've ever taken i uh, i remember i'm not a photogenic gentleman so right. <laughs> get rid well, of, pictures, of pictures does, of your kids that's plus ev for me pictures I, of your kids first baseball I know what game, they look videos like. of their first yeah baseball I, no game. i get it i wouldn't want to lose them but losing them doesn't do much for me okay Fine. so let me give it here so that was a bad one um, a pic- i'm just not a picture guy this I is think what happens when you just if you if i was an instagram model it would be like oh my god i don't know but me I, i'm like yeah burn okay, all here's, the a, here's here's a good one okay would you rather be able to see 10 minutes into your future or 10 minutes into the future of anyone but yourself um and then let's even say that as maybe 10 years into the future oh, of Jesus. you or 10 years in the future of anyone else. Now your kids would come into play on that one. Would you be more curious about where you are in 10 years or where your children are in 10 <laughs> I years? Always, I, I know a good, this is this is not my best showing on a No Mercy podcast because I sound like a blower, but I would just do, do myself. I'm only worried about myself. <laughs> like your I, kids. I, I You're burying your kids. No, I wouldn't bury my kids. I just don't. Like, I don't. They I'm just saying you chose to delete all the memories of your children to keep your own valuables, all the videos and pictures of your children to keep your own fucking trophy from seventh grade, uh-huh. which is a terrible father. No. And then you just chose money you'd rather so see where a, where a fucking 52 year old Jeff Manns is fucking <laughs> floating around when you're going to be just as ugly with yeah. a little less hair in the same fucking thing you're doing right hair. now in a microphone. I will Instead never lose of my seeing hair. Instead of seeing what your children who you raised are doing 10 years from They got to worry about themselves, man. I got to worry. Uh, I, I tell people all the time, I'm raising I respect I'm you. raising kids for to be good adults, not to be like I don't they got to worry about themselves. They got to figure right. it out. I'm not going to be around all the time. I can't protect right. them. I'm not freaking the full house lady. You know what I mean? Like I can't I'm not doing all that shit. My my kids are going to have to fight for they're going to have to learn how to scrap. You know right. how it is. Right. You and I That's had to hustle our whole lives. I right. did too. If, like I, if I just like give my kids, kids everything, I'm a father. I can't tell my kids that all the time. I'm a bad father compared to other people who do that. But my <laughs> kids are going to be better adults than their kids. I'll tell you hey, that. Listen, you're, I, I relate to your kids because I also grew up without a father. Yeah. So mm. 
So yeah, I mean, good point. The uh, all right, here's a good one. I found a good one on here. This list is fucking. Sick. Some of these are like crazy. Like who are these listeners list? sending in? No, no, this was literally. I'm, I'm on a on a site that has a. Oh of these no! Questions. But it was like like lose all my money or all my pictures. Like who's answering this? A 16 year old money. Like, here's a, and then the next lose one is money. this. Would you rather be accidentally responsible for the death of a single child? <laughs> Or and this is right what after the question Kill? I just oh, asked you. Or would you ac- rather accidentally responsible for the deaths of three adults? So you're in a car, you're Popovich style. Oh my! You're God. in a car. Would you rather mow down a four year old by accident or mow down three forty nine year olds? Can I can I first say what I dislike the most about this question? What is the accidental? Like just say, it. I mean, just, <laughs> just say, say just say you're gonna murder a kid or you're gonna murder three dogs. Like why? Well, accidentally, because oh, because otherwise everybody who looks at it will be like, well, I, I would never do it. Let's just say what you're gonna say. Like you know what you mean. The person that wrote that question meant murder a kid or murder three adults. That's what they um, really mean, right? And I'm gonna murder three adults. Like, You'd rather murder three adults? A hundred percent. I'm, a, I, you know, the one lefty way about me is that i do think kids are born in the world that they deserve an opportunity now if they become assholes cut them you know get get rid of them gone sink them on the cruise ship but give them a chance i think kids deserve a chance at least you know eh, fuck yeah. them i'd rather kill a kid <laughs> you're out of your mind <laughs> really like for me it's like really? i never understood how like a plane will crash and like a hundred adults will die and then fucking a child dies and it's all over the news like it's like what do you mean? Oh. Like fucking. First of all, the, any kid that's four years old today has a ninety-eight percent chance of being a fuck up in fifteen years with the way this world is, right? So I'm probably killing like one less person who's going to hold a picket sign and fucking you know vote for Hillary Clinton. Whereas the three adults, first of all, they're parents of multiple kids. So if that kid dies, it's only affecting that kid, and the parents are upset, right? But you can <laughs> you can have another one. So you replace it. But, uh, <laughs> but, but, but the parents, though, if I kill three parents, yeah. I'm now affecting six kids' lives, three no. wives' lives, and maybe that's like a, a good member of society. What if one of them was R. Kelly? He's fucking dead. Dead. Right. Yeah. Kill him for fun. Right. Um, all right. Would you rather have all your shirts be two sizes too big or one size too small? <laughs> two, that's a good one. Uh, two, so let's say I'm a large, right? Okay. So would I rather have every shirt be a medium or a double XL? Yeah. So this is fun. This is a, this is actually a really good question. This is a good. This is a. The more you think about this one, the tougher it gets. Because here, here's the way I'm thinking about it. I am going to fully admit that in the day I was a tight T-shirt guy. I, I we had all like, were when we had like, great bodies. I think a girl back in like <laughs> sophomore year of high school or maybe junior year said, you know, I, I had a like I was always in good shape. I right? could see you being like Arthur Fonzarelli shirt, like dude. Fucking, I always like, I, if you I smoked had a, cigarettes. I could see you having like a pack of cigarettes in your. Sleeve when I shirt. learned in high school that like girls started liking bodies and stuff, like I would take my shirt off all the time. Gym class, uh, after school, I would take my shirt off all the time. That was my thing. Right. So uh, one of my ex-girlfriends in high school said it looked good in, in a tight T-shirt. I wore tight T-shirts till my mid-20s. Well, I said you look like the bully in every 80s movie. <laughs> Pretty good, yeah. <laughs> that's that's, that's yeah. what you look like. So 
it would have been that, but right now, no way. I'm going no extra way, large. Right? Yeah, dude, 3X, 4X, I'm, whatever you got. I'm like, so out of shape right I'm now. So I'm already gross. intentionally buying a size up. So I'm just you so gross. Yes. Yeah, you stand me up to a double X, dude, right. I'm good. I'm haunt, that's not even good. 100%. Yes, Mad Lab, and it's fucking, you know, he's, he wears schmediums already, right? So he really? yeah. he'd be fine with it. Dude, Mad Lab walked into to this bar I go to all the time. Literally with the elite mafia shirt on. Uh huh. Is he a medium? He looked like it looked like it was gray paint on him. Like that's how tight it was. And he's like, "I love these shirts." I'm like, "Maybe get the right size next time." Like oh, yeah. he looks gigantic. What's like, Elitum Iafia? Like it's so spread out. Elitum Mafia. All the layers have three inches between them. Um, let me see here. See, these are easier answers for us. Would you rather go to jail for four years for something you didn't do or get away with something horrific and live in the fear of being caught? Like, oh, live in the fear. <laughs> I'm not going to jail. We're all doing that right now. God, what's like, wrong with people? Like who answers yeah. the opposite? Like, this is, answers? you know what? These, these questions are all about really how honest a human being is. Like, cause get the fuck out of here. Like who cares about some of this? Like, like this one's weird. I mean, I guess there's really do it. I guess there's certain people who would answer this a certain way. I can't see me and you answering it the way. Would you rather be famous while you're alive and forgotten when you're dead or unknown when you're alive and famous when you die? Oh, that's an interesting question. That's an um, interesting one, yeah. Um, dude, that's interesting because I actually do – because I've been through all this shit. I'm actually very into, like, legacy now. Mm-hmm. Something I wasn't well, – Because you're getting old. Five years ago, I really am. Once you get 40, it starts. I think I am. I think I kind of like the idea of being little known when I'm alive and famous when I'm. Here's why I'm going to say that, because now having a taste of, you know, the little bit of fame that we have, I'm not going to say we're famous by any means, but compared to a regular person, we are. Yeah. um, I crave anonymity. Right. Like, I I cannot wait for Mm -hmm. five years from now to retire and just mm. disappear from Twitter, from TV, from video, from radio, from podcast. Like, I got another five years of me. I, I have my, you know, my contract and my plan, which I honor, up until, like, 45. So I'm going to be locked in. But then once the, I'm fucking out. So it's weird because I do also believe that after death we either get reincarnated or we're living in simulation or something happens, right? So, so I don't know. So I'm not really too worried about the after death thing, but I'm gonna lean that way right now. Anonymity and then be a legend when I'm gone. If yeah. I had kids, it would be a no brainer. I was talking like if about I had, if I had kids, I would want the fame when I pass on so that my kids could at least you know, get the glory of right. wow, you're Tommy G's son, like he was a god, he changed the internet, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I uh, I was talking to Ray Flowers about this recently and I've become it sounds like you're becoming the same way. Like, man, I just I have no social oh. energy anymore. Oh god! I don't want to be around people. I don't want to be. I, I like, you know, the people I like and know, fine. But I have no. I don't want. I, I tell my wife, like, I don't want to meet anybody else. I don't want to meet new people. Right. I don't want to engage. I just don't want I'm to do good. it. I don't want to answer. What do you do? Oh, where are you going? Work? What are you doing? I don't want to hear. I don't want to do it. I'm like, I'm a garbage man. I, I'm unemployed. Right. I'm. I just got out of jail. Like whatever it is. Like I just don't want to answer. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want. I just don't want to go out. Uh, I went to a concert over the weekend and it was like, I didn't even want to be there. It's like, it was fine. But I went to Billy Joel. It's not just an age thing either, Jeff. It's, it's, it's the world is going to shit around us. Like everything's going to shit. 
Like, and it's not, it's not anything. Everyone's like, oh, it's all Trump's fault. Like, no, it's not. Like, shut up. Like, literally, what's changed oh, in your no, life? If you turn the news off, what's really different in your life over the last two years? I'm not saying Trump's a great president. I'm not saying he's a bad president. I'm not saying he's a good guy or a bad guy. Keep it neutral. Shut off all the TV and news and radio and turn off all the people bitching and just look at your life, your income, your job, your house, your taxes, your, your day-to-day relationship with your family, your kid. Like, has anything gotten worse? Like, there's nothing. Like, everyone's losing their fucking minds over racism and these rights and that rights and this group and terrorism. And, th- and it's like, guys, for the last two years, nothing's fucking changed except you probably paid a little less on your taxes. Like, that's literally all that changed. That's a positive, right? Like, nothing that you can touch and feel. Your 401k is higher than it was three years ago. Your tax rate's lower than it was three years ago. Everything else that you're bent out of shape about, you're hearing and seeing on TV. It's not happening around you. The racism isn't happening in your bar. When you go to the bar up the street, there's not a race war going on. I go to the same bar for the last fucking 10 years. It's the same thing. Black guys, white guys, Spanish guys. Like, nothing has changed until you turn the TV on, and then it looks like we're in the midst of an apocalypse. So social media and television are the problem, Jeff. You can't, like, it sucks to be famous right now. Because one false step and we're in the papers. Of any of everything you just said, I was agreeing with everything. And then you totally lost me when you said our 401ks are higher because no fucking way. Like the fucking I don't know what's going on with investment accounts. Like, no, no, I'm telling you, I will throw this on Twitter. Nobody's making money in the market these days. Like, no, 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 none of our. 401ks have gone up in dude it's up significant the dow is at like i understand but nobody's making money that's that's this is all true but it's also true the 401ks simply are not up well you know what it is it's it's the money managers are stealing it they're putting that is exactly if you just just did what i used to teach my clients to do and just fuck all the annuities and fuck all that shit and just buy index funds and then play options on it to protect them You'd be up. You'd be up. Yeah, it, I mean, literally, in the last two years. The and again, it's been for tremendously four years. So it's before Trump even. It, the, yeah. the month, nobody's up. I was talking to people recently, and I'm like, yeah, you know, my 401k, well, the, the market's up way, and right. yet my 401k is neutral. Why is this happening? And they're like, yeah, mine too, mine too. Everybody I talk to, and I'll throw it up on Twitter at Jeff underscore Mans, at Tommy G, at No Mercy Pod. I want to hear from you guys. Is your 401k up? I'm curious to hear that because I've never had a 401k, nor will I ever. I'm totally against yeah. them. I think that I've had it because I worked for the government. I told, right. I, told, I turned it down at my last job. I told all my students to turn it down. I told all my clients to turn it down um, because there's so many fees. There's so much bullshit. There's so much manipulation that takes place in them. But, I mean, Jesus Christ, the market's almost back to an all-time high. Right. So I totally if your 401k agree. isn't booming, that. then you should fire your advisor. And yeah, my and my advisor just happens to be family, which is awesome. Well, well then fucking fire your family. This is what <laughs> I'm going to have to do because yeah, it's that's insane, unfathomable. I agree, and that's where I'm like, and that's a that's a whole nother pod because where's our money going? Like, our remember when we were growing up? Even you used to be able to put money in a bank, and you actually made a little bit. It wasn't well, tons, you, had you made some money, shit. yeah. But you made something. You don't get any money, and then all the fees that it costs now. It used to be like you put your money in a bank, and they just held it and invested it, and they made whatever they made investing it. Now you get fees on top of the investments. 
And we're all just we all are just idiots that stand for it. Like, yeah, this is a great yep, idea. You stupid. can't put your money anywhere and make more money nowadays. You have unless you're no, you got you got to know what you're doing nowadays. Right, that's the thing. Even real to. estate is not a no brainer anymore. No, no real estate. No, no, no. Agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, a lot of these are moral questions. Like, would you rather be rich and hurt people or poor and not? Like, fuck yeah, rich like, and hurt people. people. Yeah, of course, always like, rich. Not, rich not is steal always better from them or anything. Um, always better. Would you rather live without the internet? Now, keep in mind, I know Ooh. it's easy for us to say yes, 100%. I'd love to live in a desert. But as much as we need the internet and use the internet, right? So we're still doing what we're doing. Would you rather live without the internet or without AC or heating? Holy shit. And um, that's, you're in Arizona. I'm in Arizona. So I'm in the that's desert. That's a much tougher question for you than me. Way tougher. Wow. So no air conditioning. No pool. I'm going to take your pool, too. How dare you? I'm taking your pool, and I'm going to say no hot water in the shower. Well, can I move? (laughs) What? Wait. I'm taking everything. (laughs) What if I – can I move, then? No. No. You stay in Arizona for the rest of your life. No AC or no internet. No internet, then. I have to because I'd die. I would die. (laughs) die, die. It's impossible. It's 110 degrees. I don't know. There's a reason Arizona had no population in the 60s and 70s and – Air conditioning went up, and then next thing you know, everybody moved to the desert, or a lot of people did. All right, this is this is. Why didn't you? Did you answer that question? Ah, oh, fucking! You can keep the AC. I'm in Jersey, so it never gets that. Like I get a month yeah, or so yeah. of real heat, and then yeah, a month or so. And I love it cold. I keep my apartment at 59, so it's really just the heat. 59? <laughs> I keep it as low as it'll go. Is that possible? Lower. Yeah, it won't let me lo- go lower, but. That's as low as it can go. I, I keep it at like how can steadily. it regulate fifty nine degrees? Sixty three, sixty four. But I mean, it's fifty nine a lot. Like wow. it's on fifty nine often. Dude, you know, like it's good. I woke up today, it was seventy degrees. It was just broop, broop, it, right down to five nine. Is it because you're detoxing half the time? Or is that what's going? Because yeah, for much I'm always hung over and sweating. But you know what it is? I generate so much body heat. It's yeah. fucking insane. Every girl I've ever dated has said the same thing. I generate so much body heat. It's, in, it's insane. Um, let's do one last one here. Okay. Would you rather have a horrible job? So a job you despise. Okay, right. right? Now. Okay. Let's say, let's say you're 20 years old, right? So, okay. I mean, now we're at the back end. So how long are you going to have that job for? But um, if you, when you were younger, would you rather have a horrible job but be able to retire comfortably in 10 years? Okay. Or would you have, rather have the job of your dreams, your dream job, and work till you die? Well, I, I mean, realistically, this is my real life. This is a real question. It's a life. real question for us. Um, so I didn't. I was not full time in the industry until like twenty. What one day? Twenty ten. Twenty ten. I had two and a half years. I worked for the government for seventeen and a half years. I had two and a half so years that, yeah. to get a pension, full pension, right? And I literally quit, resigned my spot. And became like a fantasy analyst full time because I couldn't stand it. I couldn't go two and a half years, let alone ten. So for me, I'd rather work till the day I die, and I, I'm gonna have to do that. And based on based on Tommy G's recent college basketball picks, I'm gonna have to work till I die. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> I'm trying to get you like the, uh, that. Where is it? No, it's, I was trying to load something as you were saying it, so I caught the end of it. I just heard you making fun of my basketball. Oh damn it! That was I, I'm trying to. I was trying to get a commercial break in here, oh. and I fucked it up. I was trying to get the baby shark thing up, and I fucked it up. Damn, oh, the it's baby not funny anymore. shark. Dude, it's we'll so have it put in post. No.
I'm not going to make Rusty do that. No, don't. Do that. Um, let's don't. go back to the final couple uh, couple transactions here. So Adam Humphreys to the Titans, Tyrell Williams to the Raiders, Crowder we spoke about, John Brown and Beasley to the Bills, Lat Murray to the Saints, Ingram to the Ravens, Foles to the Jaguars. So, mm-hmm. you know, of those, which ones do you think are really noteworthy? Foles to the Jaguars. I think it, I was uh, – I think Foles is a good quarterback. Do I think he is – He's not Aaron Rodgers, but Nick Foles shark. Nick Foles shark. Um, I think Nick Foles is a difference maker, and he throws a great deep ball, which will help the run game in Jacksonville, which is really the bread and butter of that offense. And just the threat of Nick Foles being able to move the team down, and the guy ain't afraid of anything. And I, so I think that's a really critical pickup. I don't think if you How just talk, do the Jags become now? I think they're very good, and I think are they're... They, are they AFC contenders? Are yes. they Super Bowl contenders? I think that them and the Browns, like, I would love to see that AFC championship game. I, I think so. that's sort of where I'm at. I think, yes, I do think that. They have the defense to do it. Um, they need a little more help along the offensive line. There are guys out there that are available at offensive line for them to get on the cheap. I wish they would have got a... Um, they would have got a potty cheap, or I wish they would have been in on a – fuck, I can't remember the other guy. that I really want them to get – but you get Jared Valdir and Jeremy Parnell. Some There's some guys that are still out there. Jaguars have Parnell. Um, you know, they need to help the line. They need to improve that, and they need to get healthy. Remember, they lost all five starters last year. So uh, getting uh, – uh, the left guard Norwell back and Cam Robinson back. That's going to be key for that offense as a whole. And then you give him a quarterback. And I like the DJ Chark. DJ Chark. did it. I right. just fucking put it down. So good. Damn it. Fuck. I know. DJ Shark. DJ Shark. Now I love it. I can't believe I didn't have that queued up. How great. I, ju- I had it sitting here to interrupt you again with, and I just put it down to answer a text message, right? As you said <laughs> DJ Shark. So Fuck. good. Yeah, you missed it. That's why you're not a producer. That's why you're on-air talent. Uh, behind exactly. The scenes, exactly. I'm barely talent on-air. Exactly. I'm just on-air. So, uh, yeah, so I, I, I like it, man. I think the Jaguars are going to be back next year, and they're going to be strong contenders. Although that, we talk about how bad, like, some of these divisions are and the AFC North, that AFC South, tough Colts, yeah, Texans, Jags, Titans. Ooh, Titans trade for Ryan Tannehill, by the way. <laughs> you want to talk about Mariota, like how far he's fallen. Like now you get, like, he's in a battle with Tannehill. Holy cow. Yeah. That's, uh, that's not good. Not, who do you, who do you prefer there? Mariota, but not by the I don't know, man. I know. He, well, he also. I mean, Mariota has the elbow. Mariota's like Clayton Kershaw. Like, how long? How many innings can he actually throw before the arm just falls off? You know. So I don't know. I, I neither one. The the case. Is, you know who I do like in Tennessee? Derrick Henry. I love Derrick Henry. They went out and got Roger Saffold. He's the interior lineman from the Rams. This Tennessee offensive line was already very good, although they were banged up last year. They're going to run the ball. So I like Derrick Henry in a uh, big bounce-back season this year. Yeah, and I would say, we'll wrap it up here, but I would say Lat Murray to the Saints kind of, you know, does some level of what Ingram did for the Saints, you know, just kind of get in the way of Kamara getting more touches. Um, Ingram to the Ravens, I think that's a pretty good fit over there for Ingram. 
yeah, solid, solid move there. Gives him a stability position. Look at what Gus Edwards did. You know, you're going to be able. The threat of Lamar Jackson will lead to some running lanes. It's not going to help the passing game, but it's going to. They're going to be able to run the football. Yeah, Adam Humphreys is a nice addition to any team. I think he's a good little player. And Ty Williams to the Raiders. I mean, it's going to come down to if you could protect David Carr, who has one of the worst passer ratings in the NFL history under and, pressure. And Derek Carr too. Uh, yeah, damn it. <laughs> Derek who can't throw the ball under pressure at all. So good luck with Ty Williams getting 40 yards downfield before Oops. Derek Carr's already taken three sacks. So uh, <laughs> I think that's going to be tough. Any final words here, Mans? We got to get to our MLB live yeah, stream. Dude, we got like three hours of Mans and G today. It's, yeah, it's we get a little 10-minute like break to, to upload this motherfucker. And then, uh, I'm going to go wash MLB my Europe. armpits. <laughs> I can't wait for this baseball season. Uh, it's going to be awesome. The MLB DFS package is up and live at Guru Elite. We have a new special going on right now. Uh, if you sign up for the MLB DFS package, get we're going to give you one shirt. of our new shirts. Get a new shirt. Get a new shirt. Get a shirt. I'm hooked now. I am fucking hooked on this. And ten percent off. NFL and a shirt screenshots 10% off isn't it addicting dude I'm all in now I was against this I listen to it all day I'm all in I'm all in I hate you when do you see the video with the little Asian kids doing the fucking shark you're gonna lose your shit you're gonna be stuck it's fucking social program this is my life now my life is about it's brainwashing. Whatever shark. Daddy Dude, shark. Dude, fucking daddy shark, grandpa. They do grandpa shark where they do the little teeth. Like, it's fucking. It's, I, 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 if I were still I'm DJing, in. when I used to DJ, yeah. if I were still DJing right now, I'd have 19 different mixes of this fucking song that I'd be playing in clubs. Like, Holy it's God. fucking. You get the whole crowd hyped up. But to reiterate, uh, anyone who signs up for the VIP package, MLB DFS, with myself, Draft Sheet, Rad Thad, Ray, Ted, Benny, Vlad. You name it, all of us. Me. And Jeff are going to be. No, I thought I said you first. No. Me and Jeff are going to be doing a lot of the shows. Draft Sheet's going to be doing a lot of the shows. Benny and Corey Parsons have a new morning show that's coming out. Ray, Ted, everyone else is going to be contributing along with Vlad and all them. But uh, you'll get all that, the VIP package with Rob's optimizer and algorithm, new and improved. He actually added some new quirks and tweaks to it. Yeah, dude, but, my uh, model is totally. I updated it. I'm getting a little more aggressive this year. I have a little chip on my shoulder and. Dude, I've been working on the last three weeks. We're going to talk about it on this live stream that we're about to do right after like this show. 20 but, minutes. Dude, my, whole, my model's changed. It's get a little more aggressive, incorporating some more batted ball data and hard hit rates and shit like that. So I'm really pumped up about this baseball season. Dude. I can't wait. I can't wait to just be able to spend four hours a day, five hours a day researching again, unlike last year when I was in a <laughs> firestorm of, of corporate garbage that I was dealing with every day. So I'm just excited to go back to playing DFS and actually focus and lock it in for the whole baseball season. So uh, 10% off a future purchase for NFL and a uh, free T-shirt. So a little bonus there for you. We're going to drop yeah. the price. We figured, you know what? We already dropped it to start the season. It's already cheaper than last year. One eight seven. little bonus, little bonus in there for you. So uh, any final words, Jeff? Daddy shark did it, did it, did it, did it, shark did it, did it, did it, did it, did it, shark, baby shark. That's all I care baby about. Baby shark. I don't care about anything anymore. I don't either. Let's just let this This is my new out. life. For Jeff Mans, I am Tommy Shark. For Jeffy Shark. 
Good luck and stay cashing, motherfuckers. Mercy is for the weak. We do not train to be merciful here. A man face you, he is enemy. Enemy deserve no mercy. Ain't no mercy. Ain't no mercy.